So we saw this morning there is an invisible realm functioning. So God used faith to create every single thing that we can see in the natural realm. The invisible supernatural spiritual realm created everything. Amen. The entire universe, not only this world and and our bodies and nature and how intricately everything works together, but the whole universe, the sun, the moon, the many planets that was all created by faith and by God's command. Wow. So we can see that faith speaks. Say that. Say faith speaks. So it was the word of God that created from this invisible supernatural realm, the word of God created through faith everything that we can see. So if I have to give a definition of faith, my definition would be this. Faith is the ability to cooperate With the powers of the invisible supernatural realm, so faith is a cooperation with the invisible supernatural realm, and this is to create or influence or manipulate the natural realm for our benefit. So faith is not magic. It's not rubbing a, a, a lamp and, and, and a wish that happens. Faith is the ability to cooperate with the invisible supernatural realm in order to influence and create and manipulate the natural realm for our benefit. <clears throat> By the way, you can say that that is also a description of witchcraft. Amen. Because the spiritual laws are the same. There's one set of spiritual laws. And in order to function in cooperation with the powers of the invisible realm, you have to follow specific laws. You cannot function outside of these laws. God has created very specific laws for our protection And if we want to function in faith, we have to work according to these spiritual laws for it to work. And in this case, it's, it's the spiritual laws of faith. Now, we know from past teachings that Jesus Christ, who was in heaven equal to God of the family of God, came down to earth as a human being, existing as God and as human. And by doing that and reconciling back to God, he joined the, 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 the family of humanity with the family of God. Amen? We were separated at some point in the, in the Garden of Eden. And Jesus Christ, God as man, reconciled man back to God, thus bringing us back into the family of God. Amen? So the minute that we are born again, as soon as you are born again into the family of God and the Spirit of Christ restores you back to God, 
you become an heir because you're in the family of God. Automatically, you are an heir. Everything that belongs to God and Jesus Christ is yours. You are an heir of God. But your inheritance is stored up in this invisible supernatural realm. Amen? It's all, it, it's there and, and automatically you qualify for all of the blessings. But remember, it comes from the invisible supernatural realm where, where God created, everything was created. Amen? It is the dominant realm. The supernatural realm is the parent of the natural realm. It's the dominant realm. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 in the Amplified. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again. Say, born again. To an ever-living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus resurrecting and restoring humanity with God through the born-again experience. Uh, born anew into an inheritance. Say, inheritance. Which is beyond reach of change and decay, unsullied, unsullied and unfading reserved in heaven for you. Say this, say, when I am born again, I am born into the family of God. Born into an inheritance reserved for me in heaven. So, the inheritance is provided and it is stored up in the supernatural realm, in the invisible realm. And faith is the process of appropriating or transacting that which is already yours and bringing it into the natural realm. Amen. How did God create everything that we can see? By faith. His word. By faith. Amen. Ephesians 1 verse 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Tell your neighbor, you're blessed. With every spiritual, and that word spiritual means supernatural blessing in the heavenly realms. Why? Because we are united with Christ, born into this inheritance. It's all there for us in the invisible supernatural realm you see family because we are heirs because we have inherited this our answered prayers are nothing more than withdrawals from our heavenly account you, you can't earn inheritance amen it's just by virtue of family that you are an heir to whatever that family has. You cannot earn it. But now, to understand this process, because even in the natural, there are laws that govern the appropriation of natural inheritance, right? So even in the natural, if you inherit something, you can't just go and take what is already yours. You have to follow specific laws in, or in order to take what is yours. Amen? In the same way, Faith and the transactions, it functions in the very same way. You need to understand the spiritual laws that govern 
the transactions and you need to follow it in order to make the transactions. Amen. You see, family, before you can claim a natural inheritance, you need to know what your inheritance is. Right? If, if you have inherited a lot of wealth, for example, and you didn't know that you inherited all of this wealth, you could go through life really struggling. You could die maybe even and be in lack, but because of your inheritance, you were actually wealthy. The, the condition is not really the fact of whether they were wealthy or not. It was because they never transacted that which was theirs. Amen? Do you understand that? So, Let's say, for instance, let's, let's have a look here, Romans 8, verse 17, just to drive this point home. It says, now, if we are children, how many children of God are there here? I mean, if we are children and we're in the family of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. That means our inheritance is everything that belongs to the heavenly family. Amen? Because we're born into that family. Isn't that amazing? So family, if, for instance, you inherited a property, you inherited a homestead, you would need the title deed for that homestead, right? You inherit a property and you receive a title deed. And you have that title deed in hand and it's a written legal document. And based upon this legal document, you have absolute assurance that the property that you hope for <clears throat> is yours. Why? Because of the title deed. That you, you might not even have seen the property. It might be in another province. It might be in another country. But by virtue of the title deed, you, that is the substance of what you hope for, Right? It's the evidence of that which you cannot see. But it's a legal document. It is evidence of that property. And people might say to you, no, I don't believe that you have this property. You've never seen it. How do you know it's yours? You would take the title deed and you'd say, look, yeah. This title deed says that this is mine. That is the evidence of what I'm hoping for. Amen. Are you with me? And even if you doubt it, you might think, wow, this is crazy. You know, you would go back to your title deed and you'd read that and like, wow, this is mine. This is legitimate. Amen. And scripture says, Hebrews 11 verse 1, now in the amplified, now faith is the title deed confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, guaranteed by God in the heavenly realm, and is the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of the reality. Wow. Wow. Bible scripture is your title deed. Amen? Your Bible scripture the, uh, you know, the New Testament, the Old Testament, last will and testament. 
The scriptures is your title deed. Amen. And just like if you have to go and appropriate your property that is yours in the natural, you have to follow a procedure with your title deed in the spiritual realm. It's the same. Amen. You have to first find out what is your inheritance. Once you have your inheritance, then you can lay legal claim on that which is yours in order to make the heavenly transaction. Amen. I want to go back to the earlier scripture, Hebrews 11 verse 3, where it says, By faith... We understand the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So faith in action by God is through His spoken word. God's spoken word. And we see in Genesis 1 verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So the power of creation is in the Word of God. Amen? So in order for us to, to, to function in faith, we need to, in the same way, speak the Word of God because that is the legal currency of heaven. That's the only way that you can make a transaction is the Word of God. You see, if you, if you don't have the Word of God, if you don't have a promise, if you don't have a title deed, you're functioning in hope. Amen? I hope God's going to meet my needs. I hope God's going to um, heal me. But unless you have actual title deed, you are not in faith. You have no evidence. You have no substance. You just have a wishy-washy kind of hopeful 50-50 faith. Amen? Amen. So we have to find out what is the word of God because that's where the power lies. In the word of God. Amen? Listen, God's not obliged to answer any of your prayers that's not in line with the Word of God. He's not obliged to do that. He's not obliged to do that. The Scripture says, Jeremiah 1 verse 12 in the ESV, he says, I am watching over my Word to perform it. The Word of God, family. Not our crying, not our rolling around and kicking and spitting and carrying on. The Word, family. All creation, the spiritual, the natural, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness, it responds to the word of the creator, the word of God, amen, which is the written word, amen. Isaiah 55 verse 8, the New Living Translation, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are so far beyond anything that you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And our God gives us a little example of, of His ways and, 
and, and, and his thoughts and, and how, how this, this realm that we don't really get functions. And he says, listen, just like the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and stays on the ground and waters the earth and suddenly you start to see things are growing, all the fields are just growing, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. Amen? I send it out, and sometimes, always produces fruit. It will accomplish a few things. Oh, I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Wow, family. Wow. The word of God is seeds of power. Amen. God watches over his word because creation, the demonic realm, the natural realm, the, the kingdom of light, it all functions according to the word of God. Nothing else, family. You have to get a revelation of this. And the word of God will always produce it will always accomplish, and it will always prosper. Say this, the power to produce, accomplish, and prosper is contained within the Word of God. The Word of God spoken is like seeds of power. If no seed is sown, no harvest can be expected. Now, I want you to consider for a moment now. How many of us here have needs and are praying and trusting in the Lord for needs? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Now, let's just consider for a moment. Some of those needs, <clears throat> for those prayers to be answered, it needs like a complex situation or scenario of events that needs to take place, right? And for that prayer answered, it involves other people, and all these people have their own will and their own mind, and all of these people have to maybe be at the right place at the right time, involving a certain circumstance, a certain event, and all of these events and all these people, all these places, all of these things has to kind of work together, kind of like a web, an intricately woven web that all works together to this center point where our prayers are answered. Or do we just like send out a wish and rub a magic lamp and, and boom, things just happen for us? Do we understand that there is a really complex environment that surrounds our prayers answered? Amen? Like, if you need money, you don't just pray and then this briefcase just falls from heaven and, wow, we got money kind of a thing. Amen? And in, we're living in this natural world it, it, the faith is the ability to cooperate with a supernatural realm in order to influence, manipulate, and create 
in the natural realm for our benefit. And for prayers answered, let's just be real with each other. It is a really complex thing. Amen. Amen. Do we all agree on that? So how do you think that that happens? Do you think that if we just like pray a little request, Lord, please, Lord, can I have this? And all of a sudden, all creation just starts to move and these people, they, they, they change and everything changes just because of that. Do you think that's how it happens? No. No, that's not how it happens. You see, family, not only, not only are, are, is there complex situations and environments that need to be changed and manipulated and influenced and fall in line in order for God's will and your prayers to be answered to happen. Not only that, but there are invisible forces working nonstop, day and night, trying to prevent you from having your prayers answered. Trying to prevent you from achieving or fulfilling the will of God, nonstop. So do you really think that one or two little prayers is going to cut it? Let's be honest with each other. No. And you see, it's not as easy as people think it is. You saw this morning, it's not just like this. It's a struggle. It's a fight. They don't just roll over. Amen? Amen? Amen. I hope you learned something this morning when you see it's not just as simple as you think it is. Amen. So we're going to look at a situation that really gives us a wonderful view into what happens when you and I pray and stand in faith. And in this, it involves the will of God. Because many of us think and we say, well, if it's God's will, it will be established. Uh-uh. If that was the case, you'd all be tithing. Ooh, pastor. man. Doesn't go there, pastor. Now you're stepping on my toes. Well, that's the truth. Amen. This is the word says. But you have to understand this. And too many people say this. Well, if it worked out, it's God. Well, usually it's not. Because the devil doesn't want things to work out. Amen. Many of the doors that I've gone through, I've had to kick down. Amen. If I'm heading in a direction and I don't get opposition, I get worried. Amen. Because things don't always fall in place, family. That's not how you judge whether it's God's will or not. You follow the word. Amen. So we're going to look in, uh, how many of you know the Daniel fast? Amen. I mean, we're going to look at the origins of that. So Daniel got a very important word from God. And because he had this word of God, he then began to pursue God. And he went on this fast for 21 days. And uh, we see here in Daniel 10. It says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word, say a word, word of God was revealed to Daniel who was named Balthazar. And the word was true. 
Amen. So here we have the word of God coming down into um, Daniel in a vision. And then we see what happens as he begins to pray. Now, this can be you and me praying and trusting for the will of God. Okay? So in Daniel 10 verse 2, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning, fasting, and praying for three weeks. I ate no delicacies. No meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, which is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen, an angel, with a belt of gold from Euphrates around his waist. His body was like beryl. His face was the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and legs were like a gleam of burnished bronze. And the sound of his words was like the sound of a multitude. Wow. So he prayed for 21 days. And this incredibly powerful and mighty angel appeared to him. We carry on in Daniel 10 verse 12 in the ESV. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel. From the first day, say first day. You set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God. Your words, say words, have been heard. And I have come because of your words. Amen. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Wow. So what we have here is we have the will of God. We have the man of God who starts to pray the will of God. The minute he prays the will of God, it was heard. And at that minute, this mighty angel was dispatched to fulfill the will of God. Amen? But this angel says, I have been held for 21 days by a demonic principality. Persia is modern-day Iran. And Michael, one of the chief princes, chief angels, came to help me. I was left there with the king of Persia. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So God's, there was God's will. There was the angel dispatched. But there was this demonic force that was trying to prevent God's will from being established. And it had to take another archangel to come and help him. And family, it took fervent prayer. And fasting consistently in order to get the breakthrough. If the angel was dispatched because of his words and came because of his words, if he had stopped praying, I suppose the angel would have turned around. Right? He could have prayed for, for 20 days and, and nothing's happening in the natural but unbeknown to him, there is an intense war going on with the angels trying to get what he needed through to him, God's will. Do we see that? You see, family, 
You need to understand this. It's the same with you and I. Our little shallow prayers is not enough to withstand and to fight against the demonic forces coming against us. Nor is it enough in order for all these circumstances and events to fall in place for us to have the prayers answered. Do we understand that? Amen. You see, that angel was dispatched at the words of Daniel, which was the word of God. Scripture says, Psalm 103 verse 20, Praise the Lord, your angels, your mighty ones who carry out His plans, listening for each of His commands. So the angels are listening and waiting for the Word of God, spoken through a child of God, in the family of God, in order for the angels to act. You with me? Matthew, sorry, Hebrews 1 verse 14, the New Living Translation. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. That's you and me. Family, listen to me. The angels of God are on this earth to work for you and me as servants of God in order to bring about God's will. They only respond to the word of God. I can tell you, and I speak from experience in this regard. As you know, we function in the ministry of Jesus Christ, and part of that ministry is casting our demons. There's been many, many, many times where we have had to call upon the angels for help. There's been many times when things have gotten a little bit rowdy. And in those times, we've had to, we've had to commission the angels, and then the angels would intervene, and then they would, would, would hold people down that are manifesting. And we'd see bodies moving and hands flailing, but the wrists held down by these invisible angels. We've seen how sometimes these manifest demons try to get away, and we commission the angels, and the angels will hold them. And then there's times where we want to anoint uh, um, these people, and the angels will hold them tight, and their heads are moving, and we ask the angels to hold their heads, and the angels will hold their heads, and we would be able to function. So they are very, very, very real, family. I need you to hear me. They are real, and they are here in order to function on our behalf according to the Word of God. Now, something very interesting that I've noticed is whenever we are functioning in the spirit realm and doing this, if we do not ask the angels to do anything, they do nothing. Amen? No matter what's going on, unless we function in the authority of God and have a revelation of that, 
and speak to the angels to move on our behalf, they will do nothing. Amen? And you might say, well, why? Why don't the angels just do everything? Well, you see, because this world was given to humanity. Spirits do not have the legal right to function on this world. Only in and through people. Or under the command of people. And we see that in um, Matthew 16 verse 19 in the ESV, where Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. Man acts, heaven reacts. Amen? Amen. Family, this is so important, family. I, I, I live this. I see this with my own eyes. You need to get a revelation of this. There are angels who have been sent to take care of you. They will do nothing unless you are praying the word of God. They are the ones that intricately moves everything together, causes influence. It doesn't just happen. They are empowered through our prayers, praying the word of God. Are you with me? This is so, so important. And family, every person in the scriptures, in, in history, and even today, and every move of God has always been birthed in strong prayer. If you see people who are successful in ministry, you will find out they have a strong prayer life. Really, really strong because prayer is, is when you are functioning in faith and actually tapping into this invisible realm and you are cooperating with this invisible realm. Amen? Daniel, he prayed three times a day. You know, Daniel, we just looked at. He prayed three times a day. Daniel 6 verse 10. Daniel always prays to God three times a day. Say consistency. Three times a day, he bowed down on his knees and to, and to praise God. But when he had a specific need, he went deeper. Amen? He went into fasting and he went into intense praying. David prayed seven times a day. Psalm 119, verse 164. Seven times a day, I praise you for your righteous laws. Jesus prayed all the time. Do you know Jesus sometimes prayed all night from dusk till dawn? Luke 6 verse 12, the New Living Translation. One day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. He prayed to God all night. Can we see how important prayer is? Amen. Prayer is so, so important. Now I want to tell you something. How many of you want to be successful? Just a few of you. How many of you want to successfully cooperate with a supernatural realm? Because that's the only way you're going to do it. I'm telling you right now. You need to be praying at least an hour a day. At least one hour a day every single day. And you might say, where's that in Scripture? Next scripture, Matthew, what is it, 20 verse 46, because I never put it on here. Jesus, he said to Peter, Peter, 
Couldn't you watch with me even just for one hour? Jesus had been praying, many scholars believe, at least three hours at that point because he came back a number of times. And he came back, he said, listen, can't you even watch, watch and pray for one hour, just one? Could you not even do that? Why? So that you will not give in to temptation. Because the Spirit is willing, the Spirit is powerful, the Spirit is able but the body is weak. The more you're functioning in the body realm and the less you're investing in the spirit, the more you're going to fail. The more you're going to get into temptation. The more things are not going to work out for you. Amen? Family, the only way that we're going to succeed in this life is with a strong prayer life. So you might say, well, how? do I pray? What exactly must I pray? I mean, how do I cooperate with the angels? How do I cooperate with the, with the, with the spiritual realm? How do I do this? Romans 8 verse 26, in the Amplified Classic. So too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. He comes to our help. The Holy Spirit comes to help us and bears us up in our weakness because we have a weakness, family. You all have a weakness. I have a weakness that only the Holy Spirit can help us to do. Because we don't know what prayer to offer or even how to offer it as we should. Wow. There are prayers that you should be praying. But you don't know how to pray these prayers. You don't even know what to pray. So the Holy Spirit comes to meet, say meet, our supplication. Amen. He comes to meet our prayers and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. What is that? Praying in tongues. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, what his intent is. Because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. Okay, let's break that down. So you have a weakness. There are prayers that you need to be praying. You don't know how to pray it. You don't even know what to say. But the Holy Spirit comes and empowers him, our prayers as we pray in tongues. The Holy Spirit cooperates with us because the Holy Spirit knows what is the mind and the will of God. We don't. And so the Holy Spirit starts to pray with us and intercede with us God's will and God's plan and God's purpose. Amen. Then we are assured, and, and, and sorry, we are assured and know that God partnering in their labor. God, we, listen, we know that when we are praying in tongues and God is partnering with us in our labor, then we know all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good. And to all those who love God 
and are called according to his design and purpose. Listen, you can't quote that last part of the scripture like many people do. I was saying to my wife the other day, man, we, we could preach that this church would be so full by preaching feel-good messages, by just preaching the last lines, you know? Don't worry, God's going to work everything out for your good. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. No, no, slowly. That's just the deception because you're getting messed up everywhere else. Things are going on. Oh, God's going to work things out. No, you are called according to his will and to his design and his purpose. The only way that his calling and his design and his purpose that's going to happen in your life is when you are actually cooperating with the Holy Spirit and praying his will in your life. Amen. Amen. And then when you are doing that, the Holy Spirit's pleading before God. What? Is the Holy Spirit praying God's will to God? No. The Holy Spirit is dispatching angels. He's working out circumstances. He's praying the prayer that you should be praying that you don't know how to pray, but he's doing it for you because it's God's will and his plan and his purpose for you to succeed, family. Amen. And when you have a strong prayer life, the Holy Spirit will work out circumstances. He'll defeat your enemies before you don't even know about them and they're getting sorted out. Amen. He will set up circumstances, even if you get into a circumstance where there's a problem. You get there, you know it's already sorted out. Amen. And as Christians, too many Christians are reactive. You mustn't be reactive. You must be proactive. Amen. Family, praying in tongues is one of the most important and critical gift of the Holy Spirit that you need to function in if you want those prayers answered. Listen, those little wishy-washy prayers are not going to cut it. Amen? It's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it, family. It wouldn't have worked for Daniel. It's not going to work for you. I'm committed to pray at least three hours a day two and a half of those hours is praying in tongues that's what i'm aiming at amen because i know i understand this i see it listen if i don't pray in tongues man if i'm not doing what i'm supposed to do i see things happening the enemy gets momentum amen please just trust me in what i'm saying to you Jude 1 verse 20, New King James Version. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. I promise you, if you start consistently and diligently praying in tongues every single day for at least an hour, your life will turn around. It will change. It will be transformed. Maybe start with 10 minutes a day. Push it up to 15. Push it up to 20. Find what works for you. I, I walk and pray. Listen, I can sit in a room and pray for hours. You, I think I'd lose it. But I walk and pray. Split it up. Do 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes at night. Start increasing. Listen, it's worth it. While you're praying, you know that while you are doing this, the Holy Spirit is praying God's will for you in your life. Setting up those job opportunities, influencing those people, working everything out. And then you will prosper 
in all things. Your life will change. You'll be happier. You'll be healthier. You'll be wealthier. Amen. But family, please never forget today, you saw with your very own eyes, there are very stubborn spirits working continuously against you. And you need to be functioning in praying in tongues. If you don't know how to pray in tongues, then do the membership course. There's a little teaching on there on how to pray in, in tongues. I encourage you to, to, to listen to Pastor Theo Vormarans in on CFC. He's doing a teaching now on praying in tongues. We have done a teaching, a very extensive teaching. It's on our cast box called Speak the Language of Angels. If you've been led to believe that tongues are only for interpretation, you've been deceived. It's, it's, it's a doctrine of demons. The demons don't want you praying in tongues. Amen? So you need this. Tell your neighbor you need this. You need this, especially in our family. We all need this. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Praise Jesus. Before we go, I just want to give everybody an opportunity to give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I need to ask you this question, friend. Are you born again? Are you born again? Are you assured of your salvation? If you had to die today and face Jesus, are you sure you're going to heaven? If not, you need to be born again. The scripture says, when Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, the Pharisee, he said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, very truly, Nicodemus was the church. Unless you're born again, you're not going to see heaven. doesn't matter how many times you've been to church, Nicodemus. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, preacher, whatever. It's a technicality. Jesus is the only way. You have to be born again, spiritually. And so, how do you know if you're born again? Romans 8 verse 16, the Holy Spirit himself. Romans 8 verse 16, the other scripture. The Holy Spirit himself will testify. He'll tell you. He'll let you know. Jesus didn't die on the cross just so he can catch you out. He wants you to go to heaven. How do you get born again? Sorry, uh, Romans 10 verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, remember, you have to speak faith. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What does that mean? You get born again. You get engaged to Christ. But you still have to live a life as though you're engaged to him. Amen. You repent from your sin. Does it mean you're never going to sin? No, of course you're going to sin. But you go before the Lord, ask Him for forgiveness. Sins are washed away. Push the reset button. Carry on. Amen? Let's ask everybody to just bow their heads and close their eyes. Friend, if you are not confident that you are born again and that you can confidently look upon the eyes of Jesus, that if you had to die tonight and know that you're going to heaven, then you need to pray this prayer. Maybe some of you, the Lord is just moving on your heart, saying you must respond. Then you need to pray as well. And so if you feel that you need Jesus, you want to recommit your life, you want to commit your life, you just want to respond to God, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands down. In Jesus' name, one, two, three. Hands going up everywhere. Praise Jesus. Holy Spirit's moving. Praise Jesus. The Bible says He's knocking on your heart doesn't matter if you've been born again. There's people here. Yeah, I've been serving. There's, 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 there's leaders here yeah, that have got their hands up. Because we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of Jesus. Jesus says, raise your hand. Listen, we do not question. We raise our hands. There's more of you here. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's ministering on your hearts. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Raise your hand. Now, there's a lady here yeah, that needs to raise her hand. Holy Spirit speaking to you. Raise your hand. That's you. Thank you some more people 
Holy Spirit's working on your heart. Your heart is beating. You feel the Spirit of God is moving. That's Jesus. That's the Spirit of Christ. He's knocking on your heart. You need to respond. Raise your hands. One, two, three. Up. Praise Jesus. Now focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want every person here to please pray this prayer. Say, Father, I hear you calling me. And I respond. I say, yes, Lord. I open up my heart. I surrender all. I invite you in as my Lord and my Savior. Lord, I know I've messed up. And I ask you to forgive me. I repent of my wicked ways. Now please wash me with the precious blood of Jesus. Make me a child of God. Place your seal on my forehead, saying, I am yours. Thank you, Jesus.